Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Guys, once again, welcome to uh, Believer's Church. You know, we have a member in the church that has these incredible uh, Indians tickets, uh, season tickets, and they're right at third base, and it's just amazing seats, and he donated those to us, so we're very thankful for that, and we want to be able to bless some dads with those tickets, so uh, you'll hear more information about Father's Day coming up. You know, when I was in Bible school, um, I, I, I went down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm in a new city. I went to a bunch of churches, and I settled on a church, and it was a mega church. It was one of the biggest churches in the country at that time. And it was in a very wealthy suburb. I felt so out of place there as a student. And um, uh, I decided I need to meet some people. And so I went to what they called college and career age singles. And uh, that was a long name, but it explains itself. The first day that I went, the guy that led it, the pastor, he was, we were having a party and we were celebrating. He was leaving and he came back to Cuyahoga Falls and started the church uh, in Cuyahoga Falls. He's still there, John Rassisi. And... um, so I'm there a month, and they asked me if I'd be the college and career age singles pastor. I said, sure. So my responsibilities were um, Thursday night, we would have a service just for the singles. We did worship, and then I taught a message, and then we had fellowship after. And I had one other responsibility. Sunday nights, we had what we called afterglow, and it was just a fellowship, and I had to be responsible for that fellowship uh, after Sunday night services. So that was my responsibility, and I'm living in this. And I'm observing all these young people that are not married, and they were all churchgoers. They weren't from Bible school. And I just felt like, boy, I have to ignite them. I, I want to I get them hooking up with God's dream. So I went to my supervisor, and I said, hey, would you mind if I, I just took a team down on Friday nights? We'll go downtown. We just want to uh, street witness, share, share Christ with people. He said, yeah, go for it. So, so I did. And I cast this vision to people just like you, and I was shocked. The first Friday night, we had 35 people come up. They, they had never gone street witnessing. It was amazing. So um, we prayed. We went to church every Friday night at 6. We prayed from 6 to 7. And then we carpooled. We went downtown. Now, downtown was closed. All the stores were closed. But it was full of people. And it was full of um, homeless people and low-income people. And we just would go and we'd share Christ with people. And we had tons of people accepting Christ. And so I thought, I need to find them a church. So I went to churches in that area, and every pastor told me, we don't want that type of person in our church. So I went back and prayed about it, and I went to my supervisor. I said, can I start a church downtown? I said, I'll do it on Saturday nights, because all our services were on Sunday morning. We had three Sunday mornings at our church. And so he said, yeah, go for it. So then people just like you, I cast the vision, and uh, I said, hey, we're going to we're going to start a church downtown on Saturday nights. We're going to rent a building. And uh, I had 40 show up for the first, first one of those. And uh, we had a band we put together. And then, then I would teach and preach. And, and then we would feed them. It was just absolutely amazing. We, we brought it up to 100 people real quick. And, uh, and I share all that to say all these people were willing to sacrifice their Friday nights their Saturday nights, and we had different people on Friday, and then we did Saturday, and so people went with what felt best for them, but it amazed me. Here's what amazed me. When you throw vision out about God's dream, people will follow it. People are hungry to do what God's created them to do, and it's absolutely 
amazing. And today we're going to talk about that. And this, this is lesson three of Pioneer, if you haven't been with us. And all the other lessons are free. You can listen to them online or on an app on any format. Um, we're going to talk about the sacrifice uh, that we make to pioneer. And anybody here that's ever pioneered a business, you know that there's great sacrifice when you pioneer something in, in the natural. But it's the same with God. So as a church, God's given us some dreams. And I thought, well, I'm going to share the assignments and, and give people an opportunity to help us out. So last week we staked our claim, you know, for these things. And uh, the first thing, I, I showed you how to pray to make your dreams come to pass. And we had a blast. If you weren't here, you'll want to listen to it. And uh, I want you to know I'm praying for your dreams to come to pass. And then, of course, we talked about God's dream uh, for us as a church, what he's asking us to do. And God's asking us uh, to launch a church. We call it a campus in the Boardman, Ohio area here, about 30 minutes from here. And what we're going to do there is what we have here. We're going to duplicate what we have here. And we'll need tons of volunteers to do that. And then uh, we have another vision for what I call off-site traditional church. And off-site traditional church is going to be us here in Trumbull County renting a church building somewhere. Uh, we'll rent it for three hours a weekend, uh, maybe Saturday night at four or Sunday morning at eight, depending on what church opens up. And what we want to do is a traditional service because there's some people out there, pews and stained glass are very important to them and traditional music is very important to them. And what we do here, I want, you, I want to make sure you understand, the number one call and vision of Believer's Church is what you just experienced. Um, uh, we want to build bridges, not barriers, to modern-day culture. So that's why when you walk in, you don't see stained glass and pews. That's why our worship's the way it is. And we do that on purpose because we want to reach people that, that are uh, not connected to God and connect them with God. And we want to pull Christians in, too, that are hungry for something more and a different style. So that's why we do it. We've been wildly successful but over the last couple years, I've just been praying for people that won't walk in our doors here, but they need to grow and they need to hear what you're hearing. And, uh, and so I, I just had this idea, let's go to these people and let's, let's do a traditional service. So for something like that, we're going to need people that sing traditionally, play traditionally. And you know who you are. You know what I mean by that. You love our worship, but you say, you know what? Uh, I just sing a different style and that's okay. That's okay to do. So next week is our big week. And, and I'm praying and believing God uh, for 150 new volunteers. And I believe God's going to speak to hearts today. And he's been speaking. I think God probably started knowing God before I even began the series, just stirring people up. Because in order to do what God's called us to do as a church, uh, we'll, need, we'll need more volunteers. But I'll tell you what, it's the most incredible thing in the world to help God fulfill his dream. There's nothing like it. And the dream of God is God wants to connect everyone on the planet with Jesus. And then once they're connected with Jesus, he wants to grow them into Christians that follow Jesus and live like Jesus. That's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. None of us are perfected, but it's a heart decision. Jesus, I want to follow you and I want to grow. And I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm equally as excited over Christians that grow and people that accept Christ. I love to watch Christians grow. I love to see Christians delivered from things. Uh, addictions, whatever it is. I, I love to see marriages of Christians put back together and grow strong. I love watching God do 
what only God could do. I love to watch Christians become hungry for more of God. I get really excited, but that's the dream of God. Bringing people to Christ, that's the dream of God. And so uh, our Borman campus, traditional campus, we're just going to help God fulfill his dream. And the greatest joy in all the world is to hook up with God's dream. And that's what I did with those uh, singles. I just, I just wanted to grow them a little bit. And, you know, they were in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then I'm teaching them on Thursday. And I just thought, man, they're going to get spiritually fat if that's all they do. We got we to gotta get them to take a move and take a jump. And their lives were changed forever as a result of it. So here's what I want to bring out today. Um, I, I want to help you understand it more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. Pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. That's, that's what pioneers do. We sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. Now, what's behind referring to? That's just referring to where you're at right now. And, and you see where you're at and you say, you know what? I want to reach for what's beyond. Isn't that what the early pioneers did in America? Uh, they gave up all their cushy life on the cities and all their protection. But what was beyond for them? Well, the gold, the pelts, we talked about that. Free land, all those things. They said, I, I'm going to... And so they sacrificed what was behind. And we do that in God. You know, God begins to deal with our hearts to help, uh, whether it's BC uh, in Boardman or traditional. And in order to do it, we have to shift our schedules around and God begins to deal with us. And there's a sacrifice. But the sacrifice is no big deal because you're focused on what's beyond. And when it comes to God's dream, I just want you to think, just keep thinking. Thousands of more people giving their hearts to Christ, being water baptized, and thousands more growing and becoming Christ-like. To me, there's nothing more exciting than that, to know when you and I arrive in heaven, we're going to meet those people that our church had a, the opportunity to bring into the kingdom of God. So when I think of pioneers in the Bible, I think of the fact how they left what was behind for what was beyond. And uh, I want to read one, uh, one to you. It's in Hebrews 11.8. And it says, Abraham trusted God, and what God told him to leave home and go far away to another land that he promised to give him, Abraham obeyed away he went, not even knowing where he was going. And this is what I notice when, whenever you follow God, you never know where it's going to end up. You just don't know. But you, you say, okay, God, I'll step out. You're dealing with me to volunteer. I'll step out. You're dealing with me to do this. I'll, I'll step out. And you don't really know what you're doing. But the story of Abraham is amazing. Abraham lived in this place called Ur of the Chaldees. And he didn't know God, and then God introduced himself to Abraham. And then after he gets to know God a little bit, God says, hey, I want you to move. I want to give you this incredible land, the land of Canaan, milk and honey. But in order to, to move, you have to leave. So Abraham had his family. Abraham had a house. He had some servants. He was living a great life. And he decided to leave what was behind for what was beyond. And you know what else amazes me about him? He gets to the promised land. And he still lived in a tent for a while. And I, I notice sometimes when you follow God, you, you, you spiritually kind of, uh, situationally, you live in a tent for a while. That's what pioneering is all about. But Abraham did it, and he did it for what was beyond. And all the Bible pioneers, they did that. Now, there's one in the New Testament that blows my mind. Uh, it's an amazing one. And, and I think if Jesus can speak to his heart, he can speak to any of our hearts and it has to do with uh, Levi. Look at Luke 5, 27, 28. Later on, Jesus left the town 
uh, he saw a tax collector and uh, with the usual reputation of cheating, sitting at a tax collection booth. So Jesus goes up to him right where he's stealing from people. Uh, the man's name was Levi. Jesus said to him, come and be one of my disciples. So Levi left everything, sprang up, and went with him. Whoa. I believe Jesus has been calling hearts, and he's just wanting to take you to the next level. He wants you to leave what's behind, and we'll talk to you about what that means as I progress. But Levi blows my mind. Most of you know this, but I want to make sure we all remember tax collectors in Israel during this time were the wealthiest people. They, they were the 1% of the 1%. And it kind of went like this. If Rome wanted 10%, they had Roman soldiers help them collect. So at that collection booth where Jesus came, there were soldiers there. People came to pay their taxes, and they knew Rome only wanted 10, but Levi would say 20%. They'd go, but Rome wants 10, and then the soldier would probably you know, rattle his saber a little bit. So they'd give 20%. And then Levi would grease the palm of the soldier, give him one, and he'd take nine. And they became super wealthy. Everybody hated him. But Levi had to have the biggest mansion. He had to have the nicest, you know, we'd say cars today, but donkeys or whatever, man. Uh, whatever, whatever he transported himself with. And uh, I just think about his lifestyle. And I think about where he was at in life. And then I think about Jesus speaking to him. And Jesus, you know, the Bible says Jesus had nowhere to lay his head. And Jesus, you know, stayed in people's homes. And sometimes they slept outside. And he looked at Levi, who had everything. And he said, come follow me. And the guy jumped up. And I remember back in Bible school, I began to understand the power of Jesus speaking to a heart. And as a pastor, I've come to a place, you know, where I realized all I have to do is talk about the Bible and share, and then God speaks to hearts. And I'm just expecting God to, to speak to some hearts. Some of you, uh, you've been in God a long time, and he's stirring you. It's time to volunteer. It's time to help me fulfill my dream. And what's beyond is amazing. It, it's, it's just amazing. Not only the people that will accept Christ, but eternity is going to be amazing, guys. Because every one of us is in this room will have to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus will be judged for how we lived our life on this earth. And uh, there's another judgment seat. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. I want to make sure you're not confused. The Great White Throne Judgment, no Christian will stand at that throne. Everybody at that throne will not make it to heaven. And that's where people's uh, works will be judged. The books will come out, and then they're not going to know Jesus, and God's going to say, I'm so sorry. I, I sent people to tell you about Jesus. You didn't accept him. But... The judgment seat of Christ is where Christians go. And it's not to determine whether or not we get to go to heaven, because that's a done deal if you've accepted Christ. But here's what it's all about. It's about you being rewarded and receiving treasures for all of eternity. And that all has to do with what we help Jesus accomplish while we're on planet Earth. And I keep that on my mind. That's important to me. Uh, because there's a lot of thing, times when I think, boy, my schedule's a little tight. I'd love to loosen it up. And I, I want you to know I'm balanced. I have fun. There's things I do that I enjoy and that type of thing. But I do go full blast for God, not just for pay as pastor. I, I do a lot of volunteering things too. And I just do things for God because, man, 
he saved me from hell. That's pretty cool. And uh, I'm just excited about it. I get to go to heaven without working for it. I'm pretty excited about that. And out of everyone in this room, I would have for sure went to hell without Jesus, okay? Some of you might have made it on your works, but I, was, I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there. Uh, listen to this. Jesus isn't asking us to leave millions, but he's always asking us to leave something behind. Jesus is always asking us to leave something behind. And for us, it's going to be our schedules. Some of you are, are real busy and and, and, and you have to rearrange your schedule in order to volunteer and help God. And there's a scripture in Hebrews that puts it so well. It's Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, and here's how it reads. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now this is to every individual Christian. This verse is for you individually. It's not for us corporately. Although there's a corporate race we run as a church. But what amazes me with this first verse is he says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. The race God set before us is us hooking up with his dream. That's our race. It's how we help him fulfill his dream. That's your race. And all of us have a different part to play. I was listening to Michelle sing at worship and I thought, well, she's in the right place. And then I thought, I sing so bad that I don't think God enjoys it. And, uh, <laughs> but then I got to thinking, he has to have created a filter. He's God. So my voice probably sounds good once it gets up there. But there's times if the music isn't loud enough and I hear myself, I'm like, oh, I can't even stand my own voice. And uh, so can you all agree that's not my place? Um, we all have a place, and that's our race. And I think this is important. It's really important. Did you notice in that verse he says, cast off every weight and the sin? Sometimes sin in our life will stop us from running our race, and, and that's why Jesus died. He wants you by his grace to be free from that. But sometimes it's just weights, and weights are not bad. Weights are good. They're the good things of this earth. They're not bad things. And uh, yet sometimes I know myself, this earth can clutter me so much. I like this earth. I don't know about you. There's people that tell me, I hate this place. Can't wait to go to heaven. I'm like, I'm really having fun down here. I like it here. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting heaven will be better, but I surely am enjoying myself. And, and, uh, and I like it down here. And, and, and this world, not bad things, but good things in this world can consume me. And, and, and I have to keep readjusting my life and saying, all right, I have all of eternity to do some of this stuff. You know, I'll do it in eternity. But that's a weight. And pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. And sometimes it's just all about us readjusting our lives and saying, God, I'll give you two hours a week. God, I'll give you four hours a week. And it's so worth it. What's beyond is so, so worth it. It's absolutely amazing. And God will bless you here. I'll show you before I close out today. He'll bless you here too. But I love what it says here about casting the weights, running a race. But then look at Jesus, verse 2. Uh, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates, that's accepting Christ, becoming a Christian, and perfects, that's growing as a Christian, our faith. It goes on to say, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, dis 
uh, regarding the shame, now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. And you see what I highlighted. You know, Jesus was in the garden the night before he was betrayed, and he said, Father, if there's any other way to save humanity, let's do it. Because I don't feel like uh, being beaten and hanging on a cross and having the sins of the world uh, thrown on me. But then Jesus made this statement, but not my will, your will be done. That was tough what he had to do. But you know what fueled him? The joy that was before him. You know what the joy before him was? Every one of you in this room and the millions and millions before us, after us, that accepted Christ. He saw you accepting Christ, being redeemed, and that was so incredibly enjoyable to him. That was his beyond that he went through all that suffering that he went through. And, and that's what pioneers do. Jesus was a pioneer, man. Uh, pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. And one of the things with this series is to inspire us uh, to catch the vision of God's dream. And, and, and that's something you got to catch. And, and, and I'm praying my heart out, and I, I'm trying my best to communicate it. Now, there's someone else in the Bible. Talk to you about the judgment seat of Christ. I often say to God, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the guy that's in front of me, I don't want him to be the guy we're just, we're going to read. I don't want it to be this guy. I say, Lord, I want a lot of space between him and I. Because when I look at what he went through compared to what I go through living in America, I'm like, you know, I get, I get upset sometimes with first world problems. I don't know if you guys get upset with some of the first world problems. I can be in traffic and it can ruin my day. Uh, if someone just doesn't turn right or get in the right lane or go, they're going too slow and I'm trapped. And I, I'm just being transparent with you. And if Gina's in the car, she's like, honey, come on, it's not that big a deal. And then I throw up st out stereotypes. It must be this kind of person or that kind of person. That always upsets her too. And, uh, and uh, I, I think I complain about the dumbest things. And then sometimes, you know, we'll complain about our schedules and how busy we are. And I think, wow, I think of this guy. This guy's amazing. How Paul sacrificed himself, the greatest apostle that ever lived on the planet. And I want to read some things to you about Paul. Here's 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24, and it reads like this. Five different times the Jews gave me their terrible 39 lashes. Now, this is the same beating Jesus took. And the Jewish people weren't allowed to hit you more than 39 times, so they gave them the full hit. They, they had to stop at 39. And uh, they had a whip that came out, but then it went into three prongs. And on the end of each prong, they've had a sharp piece of rock or metal, and it would dig into your skin. Paul had that happen to him five times. His back had to be so scarred. And you know why it happened to him? The, the religious Jewish people didn't want him preaching Christ. And I think about how I complain about things, and I'm like... I don't have any scars on my back. In uh, verse, verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. That would be like an aluminum bat. That's crazy. Once I was stoned. He was left for dead, and these are big stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I was uh, in the open sea all night, and the whole next day I'd be screaming like a girl. It's like just <laughs> I'm so afraid of sharks. I'm, I'm just afraid of sharks. Um, verse 26, I have traveled many weary miles, and I have been often in great danger from flooded rivers and from robbers and from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the hands of the Gentiles, the non-Jews. I have faced grave dangers from mobs uh, 
in the cities and from death in the deserts and in the uh, stormy seas and from men who claim to be brothers in Christ but are not. And I ask myself this question. Can you see why I don't want to be after him in the desert of Christ like that? Joe, come on, you were mad about traffic. All right, sorry, God, sorry. You know, America was tough to live in, God. You don't understand how tough it was to live in a first world country. There are tough things there, Lord. So I think about this guy and I think, what would motivate you to take that punishment? And I'm glad I live here and I don't have to, but what would motivate you? Pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. And he was so focused on the beyond He so wanted to help God's dream come to pass. And he was the greatest apostle that's ever lived on planet Earth. And you can see why. And the enemy wanted to stop him. That's why he had all those troubles. And this guy was determined. And I think if he could be that determined, I can get through this first world country that I live in. And and I can get through some clutter. And I can change my life around. And I can serve God like he does. But you know what? There's also earthly blessings, guys. And I want to read one more scripture as I get ready to close. And and God will bless you right here, not only in heaven. Matthew 6, says this, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Isn't that amazing? And uh, the verses above talk about all the things we need to live. And God's making us a promise. If, if, if you serve me, if you help, if you volunteer, whatever, every generation calls it something different. He says, I'll make sure all the needs in your life are met. Remember, I opened up with the story about Bible school. And uh, when, when I was doing all those things at my church, I had friends at Bible school. You know, I had different sets of friends, and I had my Bible school friends. And they would get all over my case. They'd say, why aren't you dating? What's wrong with you, boy? And I'd say, I just want to serve God. You should be out looking for a wife. You should be dating. And I'd just say, you know what? Here's, here's what I firmly believe. If, if I seek God's kingdom, God will cause my wife to walk across my path and path and he'll cause me to walk across her path and guys would laugh at me and they said get, get out there and go on some dates I go well, it'll happen when it happens so so um I'm in church uh one one night I think it was a Sunday night and the row in front of me is my wife Gina but I had never met her now she was going to another church but her twin sister uh, began to date Graham and she just said she felt like a third will so she came over to our church with her girlfriends and I meet her, and all I could think of is, I had to ask her out. All of a sudden, I wanted to ask somebody out. And, and, uh, and so I did, and then uh, we dated. And here's, here's the funny thing about it, guys. I'm just being honest. I married her because I thought she was really pretty. It, it, there was nothing spiritual there at all. And, uh, but God brought her across my path. But here's, here's the exciting part. Listen to this. As we've been married, here's what blows my mind. I'm just amazed at all the different gifts and talents that God had inside her. They complement what I have, and I'm just amazed. And I say, God, it's so cool to just serve you and let you bless our lives. And he'll do that in every area of our lives. And so I I just want to make sure you understand, pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. But God will also bless you in every area of your life here. And I also want to, some of you that aren't married yet and you want to be married, and some of you aren't married and you don't want to be married, you know. And uh, I, I remember my mother-in-law who's, you know, she's been divorced forever. And there was this lady that was about her age saying, oh man, I, I want to find a husband. I want to find a husband. I want to find a husband. And my mother-in-law whispers to Gina, 
She goes, has anybody told her marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be? And I, I still laugh about that every time. Some of you don't want to be married, but some of you really do. And just let God bring that person in, into your path. So let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for the Bible. And I did my best to deliver uh, uh, this incredible thought, Lord, that pioneers sacrifice what's behind for what's beyond. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, right now we just have a God moment, and I know if you come to believers, there are times when I'm, I'm going to challenge you, guys. I'm going to challenge you, and I was that way in Bible school. I just didn't want to see people just accept Christ and do nothing. It's so cool to live for Jesus, and next week's a big week here, guys, and um, I just want you to be like Abraham and be like Luke and, and just... When you hear the voice of God, say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll do the things you want me to do. And so, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, and we open our hearts and we say, Lord, speak to us. Lord, show us where we should fit in this vision of this church you've hooked us up with. And guys, stay in that attitude of prayer. Keep talking to God. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I heard what you said at communion and you keep talking about God's dream and I'm not so sure I, I met God. I'm not so sure I know Jesus. And I want to speak to you for a moment. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm, I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. I'm not asking you if you're atheist, agnostic. I'm not asking you any of that. I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you personally said, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm going to follow you. The Bible declares that's how we become children of God. It's a heart issue. We give our hearts to Jesus. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today to make that my day. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the building, would you help them pray and just say this after me? Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died. I believe God raised you from the dead. And this day, I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.